We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. We've grown this from uh, 2,500 season ticket holders from our first game uh, first year to now we're up to close to 10,000. Our players do a wonderful job in our community of giving back. And then our community does a wonderful job of supporting them. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Test one, two, are we on? Are we on? Is this thing on? Welcome into the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. John Little back with you for another week. Oh, man, it is good to be with you. And what a week of women's college basketball it was. My goodness. Hope you enjoyed all that. I know some of you did. Some of you did very much. And then some of you are like, oh, my gosh, we were number one or number two or we were number three. And now we're not going to be any of those things after this uh, last week. So I guess Arizona State's our new number one, I suppose, after uh, beating Oregon and Oregon State in the same week. Or is it Baylor? Or is it uh, South Carolina? <laughs> Who is it? Who will be the new number one? I I just urge you one thing. I, I just caution you, urge you one thing. Women's College Basketball fan, please do not be too hard on the AP voters after this week. You think they had it rough a couple weeks ago when... What was it? Uh, who lost in the same week? It was it was when I think Louisville lost the same week that Oregon did. Is that the is that the right? Is that what happened? Is that what went down? I think it was something like that. But uh, whatever happened, uh, I remember Lachina Robinson just saying that she had to uh, to turn her head, uh, cover her eyes when she turned in that AP voting. Uh, sheet that week, and I'm sure it's going to be very, very similar for her. Uh, For the rest of the AP voters, I can't fathom how difficult that is going to be this week uh, to be an AP voter, especially up at the top. 
of the poll. Uh, but that's what's happening uh, right now. Just absolute chaos in women's college basketball up at the top. We've got some incredible conferences out there. So I, I hope you're enjoying the season and just enjoy that ride. Um, we've got Jeff Walls on the program today, the head coach of Louisville. We're going to get to him in just a moment. But I wanted to tell you a little story about what I had going on over the weekend myself. I've had the chance uh, early uh, since the start of the new year to do three women's basketball games. I did North Texas, Western Kentucky. Uh, I did North Texas Marshall, which was a lot of fun. And you also heard from the uh, Marshall head coach a couple weeks ago, uh, Tony Kemper. And then I had the chance to do Texas A&M Corpus Christi visiting Abilene Christian. Uh, It was a Southland Conference game. Man, a a lot of fun. I just love learning about teams and learning their storylines and learning their deeper stories. And there were a lot of stories uh, to come out of this ACU game against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, First of all, ACU is a team that was ranked number 11 in the mid-major poll. I mean, they're a big-time team. Uh, They were 8-0 at home coming into this matchup. But anytime you get into conference play, you know it's going to be difficult. We've seen those uh, that with with some of the top 25 teams, like the Pac-12 teams this week. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your name is, whether you're the defending champs or not. Those teams know you so well, and that's what happened to ACU. They were 8-0 at home this year. They had won eight straight, but Texas A&M Corpus Christi, a team that knows them so well, and a team that actually ACU beat in the conference championship game last year to make it to the NCAA tournament, Texas A&M Corpus Christi steps up and and gets a win over the Wildcats on the road in Abilene. Uh, Just really fun to see you know, the different styles play out because ACU is an up-and-down team. They were uh, led the conference in points per game, fourth in the nation. They were third in the nation in three-pointers. Uh, just an excellent outside shooting team, but AM Corpus Christi comes in and locks them down defensively, and it was just fun to see that battle happen. And ACU actually has a couple names off our all-names team or that were mentioned in our all-names uh, story. Dominique Golightly, who is in her senior year, she's a wing for ACU. She has really stepped up this year, and she's having her best season in her career. She had 20 points in the game. It was fun to watch her uh, for the first time in her senior year. And they've they've got uh, Julie Goodenough as the head coach, and Goodenough was just on the outside looking in of the top five coaches as far as names go, but uh, she was great to talk to this week as well. So uh, really uh, fun to see ACU, but A&M Corpus Christi, uh, comes out with a win in this one. Alexis Bryant had a big game. She's a inside-outside player. She uh, is 6'3", but skilled, and she had 20 points and 8 rebounds. She was our player of the game as we broadcasted the game on ESPN3. Uh, but then I wanted to talk and tell you the story of Emma Coleman O'Brien, or Emma Young, as she used to be known. Uh, So Emma Young is in her fourth year as a player with Texas A&M Corpus Christi. She's got better and better every year. She's just about 16 points away from 1,000 in her career. She's been incredibly solid. She's one of those hardworking players and, and one of those players that if she's out there on the floor, I mean, your eyes just immediately go to her because she affects the game in so many ways. Other 
than just when she has the ball. I mean, she's the 50-50 ball. She's always diving down on the floor for those. She's making the extra play, the extra pass. Really versatile player, a fun player to watch. Well, Emma Young, growing up in Kentucky, she just had a really tough upbringing. Um, She was exposed to a lot of things in her family that – really got her off to a a rough start in life, you know, and she said things like, you know, knowing that, you know, family members, you know, are into drugs or other illegal activity. And uh, of course, uh, that would affect you greatly. And and she was just young lady that didn't have much of a purpose when she entered high school. Um, She did have a talent for basketball, though, and uh, she went to a high school in East Jessamine High School uh, in Kentucky uh, where she met Jacqueline Coleman. And Jacqueline Coleman uh, was a teacher and was a basketball coach uh, for Emma and became a mentor to her, really took her under her wing, and eventually it led to Jacqueline and her family deciding to adopt Emma. And obviously, her getting taken into Jacqueline's family gave Emma a great deal of stability. She says she doesn't know where she would be if not for uh, Jacqueline taking her in. And this last uh, December 22nd uh, was the official uh, adoption paper signing moment Uh, for Emma Young to become Emma Coleman O'Brien. So right during the middle of her senior season, she changes her name from Emma Young to Emma Coleman O'Brien. Really cool to be able to tell that story. And it just reminds me that, you know, all these girls, you know, maybe it's not as dramatic as that, but all these women have a story. And I just love being able to bring that um, to the forefront, you know, whenever I come across those things. Uh, whether it be a story about, you know, a player that we all know, like a Lauren Cox or a Sabrina Ionescu, or uh, a player like Emma, who does things in relative anonymity in the Southland Conference, but, you know, we're able to bring her to ESPN3, and, you know, this big-time matchup, this rivalry game against ACU, and able to kind of tell that story and... um, and highlight who she is and and what she's all about. And, you know, there are a million of those stories out there in women's college basketball, and it's a reason I love covering the game, and it's a reason as well that I love doing this show too. So just shout-out to Emma Coleman O'Brien. Shout-out to A&M Corpus Christi and ACU. I I know they're going to have another great battle later in the season and maybe even in the conference tournament as well. So watch out for that and remember that story if you hear from the A&M Corpus Christi Islanders later on this year. Remember Emma Coleman O'Brien and how she changed her name in the middle of her season season. Well, it's time to talk to the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. And Jeff Walls has been there, what, forever now? Well, I think 13 years is the official number. And I got to talk to Coach Walls uh, earlier this week before his team went on the road and just absolutely pounded Miami. My gosh, you get a 46-point win on the road against anybody. I do not care who it is. 
that is big time. And then they were able to take down Wake Forest today uh, by 14. So, you know, there have been some uneven moments. Uh, It doesn't sound like Coach Walls was very excited about the entirety of the performance against Duke. Um, But at the same time, obviously Louisville is one of the best teams in the country. And and we knew that from November 30th when they were able to take down number one Oregon and give the Ducks their first loss of the year. Uh, Louisville has been and their program has been a great adopter of what we do on uh, Her Hoop Stats. And so, first of all, I just had to to thank Coach Walls for he and his staff, um, you know, supporting the site in the way that they have. You're welcome. We appreciate all that you all do. Well, Coach Walls, let's get into it. Uh, I know recently uh, you guys took down Duke. Uh, You did it by five, uh, but it probably wasn't the type of effort uh, that you're capable of in that it just wasn't a very convincing win. It was a a win where you had to uh, come from behind to get it done, and all respect to your team for getting that done. But at the same time, you know, we've seen what your team can do top level this year, knocking off the number one team in the country. What is keeping your team kind of inconsistent right now? And and what is your plan for getting the best out of them this year? Well, I mean, we're just still trying to build and trying to, you know, get players adjusted to new to new responsibilities. Uh it's a different year. You know, now we've got players that have been really important role players for us. They're expecting to become go-to players. And with that responsibility, it's it's a new challenge where every night you have to be prepared to take that next step. So Dana played fantastic at Clemson, made some big shots against Duke, but we need people to just, just give me something where I have to find three people where I know what I'm going to get every single night. Three. Why is that the number? I saw that you brought that up, but why have you settled on that number is what you need? Well, I've always been a big believer that if you can find three players that you know what you're going to get from every single night, you have a chance to be a really, really good basketball team. And then you're going to count on two others out of your rotation, uh, seven or eight, to step up on different nights. And then when you, when you get that, it's just it, you've got a chance to, to, to make a, a big run. And that's what we've been able to do the past five or six years. The win over Oregon that knocked them from the number one spot was such an impressive victory and such a marquee moment in your season. How have you felt like your players have responded uh, to that and, and where could they have been better? Yeah, for us, it was a big win. Uh, we, we understand that. It showed that we can play with anybody in the country. But at the same time, we know we have to get better. Uh, it's going to be a process. It's going to be one game at a time, one day of practice at a time. We can't get too high or too low. And we've got to continue to fight to just really work on our consistency day in and day out. You've brought up consistency several times already. Is that specifically on the offensive side that you're talking about, or could you be a little bit more consistent on the defensive side too? Well, I think we have always been a pretty good defensive team. That's one thing we've t- taken a lot of pride in. After that first quarter in the uh, Duke game, I thought we did a great job for the next three quarters defensively. So all- offensively is where we need to get, really get more consistent on just being able to step up and score and execute. Are there a couple specific players that you feel like 
you need to get more out of, not necessarily calling anybody out, but uh, when you think about getting a little bit more out of somebody, are, are there specific players you're talking about there? Well, I mean, we've we've had big games from from di- from different players. Kylie Ky- Ky- Shook played great in our in our Kentucky game, uh, our Oregon game. I, I'd, I'd like to see her get more consistent as the year goes on. Uh, Mikasa Robinson and Bian- Bianca Dunham. So we we have several that I know can can play well, and now our job as coaches is to, to bring that out of them. Against Duke, Jasmine Jones had 26. She went over 1,000 for her career. I saw you tweeted her and congratulate her on that big accomplishment. Where have you seen her grow? What's been the best part of her development over her, her time there at Louisville? Yeah, Jazz has really developed from her, her freshman year, her senior year. She put the work in. She's really worked on her, her conditioning to get the best shape of her life, which has then transferred into her being a, a really, really good basketball player. So we're continuing to work with Jazz. Uh, I'm really excited she has a future after co- uh, a college lane. So, you know, it's with all of them. We we just continue to work on their development, not only as basketball players, but as young uh, uh, women to get them prepared for life after ball. People love their basketball in Louisville for sure, Coach Walls. And uh, you've just done a great job, obviously, of, of turning that program into an absolute national power. But You've also turned a lot of people into women's basketball fans and consistent women's basketball fans. When you think about the growth of your program from a fan support standpoint, what are you most proud of? Well, I think we we've grown we've grown this from uh, twenty five hundred season ticket holders from our first game uh, first year to now we're up to close to ten thousand. Uh, you know, our players do a wonderful job in our community of giving back, and then our community does a wonderful job of supporting them. And that's what it's all about. It's it's not a, a, a one way street. It's a it's a two way street. If we want these fans to come out and support these young women, we have to make sure we're doing our job of giving back to the community uh, and showing them what wonderful, strong young women they are and what wonderful role models that they can be. So I've, I've really been proud of how we've been able to grow it and 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 develop our brand that we have here with Louisville women's basketball. That's a great point, (laughs) that it's a two-way street for sure. Uh, Talking to Kelly Graves back over the summer, uh, he's in a very similar situation like you were when you were uh, building that program over the first five or six years at Louisville. He's in that same type of role now at Oregon. Uh, When other coaches come to you and say, uh, how can I best build up my program and my fan base what are those pointers what are those first things that you talk about well you can't you can't say no to anybody if, if somebody wants you to come and speak and be involved in the community you, you have to, to to accept that i go speak as, uh, several times i never charge anything uh, I, I believe in giving back so that those are the things that we do and i do my staff does the same thing and i think that's very very important uh, to make sure that you always get back to our game. How involved are you, Coach, in the decision-making on you know what themes you guys are going to have on certain nights, promotions, that sort of thing? I, I know recently uh, you had a World War II vet out. You, you kind of had an appreciation night for the military, and, and she was a um, kind of a focal point of that. You had her talk to the team. Uh, I thought that was a really neat idea. How involved are you as far as coming up with those themes for given nights, the promotions, the giveaways, stuff like that to drive attendance? 
No, we have a wonderful mar- uh, uh, marketing department that works extremely hard, and we will sit down before the year. They'll, they'll come in and throw the ideas around, and we'll discuss, and we'll have dialogue back and forth. Uh, I, I like to be as actively involved as I can because I want them to know that I'm there to support them. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. So very, very active with that, and I think that that's what's important for us and really helps grow our program. You have a big family. You have four kids. Uh, and then in addition to that, you've got about, you know, depending on what the time of year is, you know, 12 to 15 kids, you know, on the basketball team as well. But as far as your uh, family, uh, you've got uh, four kids of your own. How much are they around your program on a day-to-day basis? How involved are they? Or are they enmeshed in in your team? And, and how, how does that help your kids? Uh, they're, they're part of it. Uh, you know, the players are a part of a family. My family, my, my girls are a part, and, and my son, they're they're involved every single day. My my wife's amazing. She understands the, the time commitment this takes, and you know, I want my girls and my and my son to be involved and be around these uh, 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 women because they're such powerful, strong, great role uh, role models. So my family is immersed 100% into our program. That's awesome. What do you think that shows your kids? Uh, what do you hope that they get out of that, seeing it? Well, it just shows you that it shows them that, that you can be strong and competitive and compete and also be you can have one sense of competitiveness on the floor. And when you step off the floor, you can show everybody that, that, you, that you can be a strong female and a leader. And I think that's important. It's such an exciting time for Louisville as a program, and you've got a couple red shirts at the end of the bench in Naya and Romani that could probably be starting for 99% of the teams in the nation right now, but right now you're redshirting them. How influential in your decision to redshirt them was the fact that you knew you had one of the best players in the country and Haley Van Lith coming in next year, and then they can all be part of the same class. Did that have anything to do with it? No, that was not a part at all. We did not know we were going to get Haley uh, before we had registered Naya and uh, Romani. It was just more so for uh, their growth. It was two two players that benefit from a chance to get stronger uh, in the in the weight room and get themselves college prepared. So, it really had nothing to do with their recruiting class of who they play with. It was more so what was best for them. And uh, that's something we take great pride in. And it's been a, a, a wonderful 13 years here for me, and we're going to continue to build this program and hopefully do it the right way. And we're excited about our incoming recruiting class. And, you know, it's just it's a, a wonderful place to work. It's a great community with an outstanding fan, fan base. And for me, it's home. Um, I'm, I'm an hour and a half from my hometown of uh, Fort Thomas, Kentucky. So my, my family's able to come to a lot of games. It's five hours from my wife's home. So her parents are able to come. So it, it's a great situation. Well, how beneficial can that be for a player? And it, it, is that something that you try to sell when you're recruiting them? That, yeah, everybody you know has the notion that they'd like to go out and start in their freshman season, but maybe it's better uh, to come in red shirt. We got this great program. You can be bigger, stronger, faster. Maybe it's best for your career overall. How much of that is a selling point? Well, it's really it really depends on each athlete. Now we have had players that have come in here and started as freshmen. If, if you're able to and, you're, and, and you can do it, I'm going to start you. If 
you're good enough to play, you play. I'm out here to put the best ones on the floor to help us win games. So if that's a freshman that comes in and can do it, great. If you need a year to develop, that's great too. We offer that. We like to do what's best for the student-athlete. It's not just about what's best for us. Uh, looking forward, Coach, ACC play, uh, you're right in the thick of it now. How do you break down this league at this point, and what are the key factors in being your best so you got the best possible seed for the conference tournament and you're really playing your best at that point? It's one game at a time. I mean, every game is going to be a grind for us this year. I've, I've prepared our kids for that. You know, we go down to Miami here Wednesday, play Thursday. We know that that's going to be a tough game, come back, play a really good Wake Forest game here at home. We have to take one game at a time. That's all what, it, what it's going to come down to. I'm not going to say that's the, the, the Miami game. And we're going to make sure that we understand that one game's not 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 going to dictate your season. If you win it, great. If you get beat, you got to just get prepared for the next game. So we're we're excited for that. Excited for uh, a great and exciting ACC season. Coach Walls, thanks so much for your time today. We are absolutely in awe of what you have built there at Louisville. Continued success to you and the team. Thank you for having me on. Take care. There he is, Jeff Walls, the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. Appreciate his time. And uh, I know that he probably has a million media opportunities throughout a week, but I really appreciate him uh, finding time for us early on a week where he had uh, two games later on. But, um, you know, maybe we brought some good luck. You know, he, he brought us in. He let, he let us uh, talk to him for a sec. Then he got a big 46-point win on the road and followed that up with another convincing home win. So uh, maybe we'll have him on again uh, later on this year or next. But in all seriousness, thanks to Coach Walls. And uh, we know that uh, he is one of the leaders when it comes to women's basketball coaches out there right now. It has been such a fun week. Uh, I mean, just uh, I hope you got a chance to hear the Unplugged podcast because we got a chance not only to ask some questions of Gino Ariema uh, leading into the Baylor game. And I, I know they, they kind of expired by this point that now that we know what the end of the Baylor game uh, was all about for UConn. But then not only that, we got to talk to Dee Dee Richards as well from Baylor and get some of her thoughts. But Gosh, it's just so fun uh, to hear these uh, women's basketball greats, whether it be players, whether it be coaches, and get a chance to talk to them a little bit. And I just find that they they open up um, so well and so easily and uh, let us in as media members. And so it's it's just really cool. Really, really cool to me. I uh, hope you'll stay tuned for, I'm sure, another Unplugged podcast later on this week. And then uh, next week, we'll have on Monday uh, another version of this here Her Hoop Stats podcast as well. Uh, but uh, what a great start to the year it's been. And it's just chaos right now in women's college basketball. I hope you're enjoying it and we'll do the best job we can covering it for you over the next few months. A reminder that the announcer on the Her Hoop Stats podcast is the lovely and talented Susie Solis. Jared Deck of JaredDeckMusic.com uh, does our music. He is just an incredible songwriter one of those independent label type dudes so yeah check him out jareddeckmusic.com he's got a lot of different types of music the the most recent album is kind of got that gospel feel to it but then you look back at some of his catalog and it's it's like uh, alt country and 
kind of hillbilly rock at some points. I mean, he's just a cool dude. So I, I've just got to give that plug. Aaron Barzilai, speaking of another cool dude, Aaron Barzilai is the executive producer, and I'm John Little, your host. We'll be back for another week next week. Until then, I'm reminding you that at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.